Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, coming to you on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is episode eight, a very exciting episode. I'm going to be ringing up psychic medium and ghost investigator Craig McManus to talk food and the other side. First, I wanted to say a big thanks to the pop-ups for letting me uh, play their new Halloween song, Miss Elephant's Gerald, at the top of the show. Their album, Radio Jungle, was nominated for a Grammy for Best Children's Album. From their website, the pop-ups perform their music using cardboard props, hand-painted sets, and a colorful cast of original puppets, crafting a world of magic that engages, educates, and delights all album... I'm sorry, all ages. I can't even read. Uh, The pop-ups perform regularly at New York City venues, tour regionally, and are about to do their second national tour with Yo Gabba Gabba Live. Look them up, thepopups.com. Tell them... Chef Emily sent you. I went to college with one of them, and they are amazing and warm and wonderful people, making really great music for kids so that you don't have to sing Mary Had a Little Lamb a thousand times. I also want to note the major broccoli recall by Taylor Farms that I heard about this uh, past weekend, I guess yesterday. 5,000 pounds of their broccoli crunch with bacon and dressing salad was recalled by the USDA. And though, thankfully, no one has been reported to have gotten sick, the possible contaminant is listeria. The bacteria, which has shamed raw milk into near extinction extinction, and has been found yet again, not in raw dairy, but in highly processed food masquerading as a healthy and convenient product. I am not a doctor. However, I can tell you that the chances of contracting listeria from raw milk are so small that you are thousands of times more likely to win the Powerball than to contract listeria from raw milk. If you want to make your skin crawl, there's a website called the Foodborne Illness Outbreak Database. That's outbreakdatabase.com. Not for the faint of stomach or those affected by mild to moderate hypochondria. But according to them, of the listeria cases reported since 1984, there have been 633 to be exact. 250 of them were from processed meat. 156 of them were from uh, produce. 199 were from pasteurized dairy. Pasteurization is the process that's supposed to protect you from listeriosis. 12 unknown cases and 16 cases of the 633 from unpasteurized dairy. However, in those 16 out of 633 reported cases, the pathogen strain was never detected in a single animal. No cows had listeria. But rather, the contaminant had to have been introduced after the fact in the packaging or on the hands of the worker somewhere down the line because it didn't come from a cow. In the dairy cases, a total of 15... 215 servings of dairy were recalled 
since 1984. 215 servings. We talked last week, a serving of dairy is a cup. So 215 cups. Processed meat and produce. Brace yourself. 127,181,392 servings have been recalled. I will take my chances with milk. I will chop my own broccoli. Sheesh. Okay, anyway, without further ado, let me get the very warm and charming Craig McManus on the phone. Um, we're going to talk to him about food and ghosts. Let's see. Hello, Craig. Hello, this is Craig. Hi, Craig. How are you? This is Chef Emily from Sharp and Hot. Chef Emily, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today. I'm really excited. I've been um, telling everyone I know that I'm going to have you on. Just so that the listeners know, you and I met a few years ago at Astor Center at an event that you hosted called Spirits and Spirits, at which my husband's grandmother came through. And he has... <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, he has never been a skeptic ever again. You, you have cured him of skepticism. <laughs> I have um, that effect on some of the guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, he was like... They, seem to, they come skeptical and they walk away believers. He walked away. He still, I think, has his jaw on the ground a little bit every time he <laughs> thinks of that night. So you also have a history in um, the wine and food world, right? Yeah, I spent 30 years in the wine business. And um, in that 30, I uh, eventually um, started as a stock clerk and a driver and worked my way up to owning my own business. And uh, eventually I decided that it was time to make the transition from wine to spirits, um, the ethereal kind, and uh, I went into business as a full-time medium. That's awesome. And I have a bunch of um, listener questions for you and calls that I'm going to play, but I want to start by giving you a, for instance, and asking you a question um, about something that happened to me. My grandfather-in-law was famous for his tin of peppermints in his pocket, and he lived in the house... He lived his life in the house that I now live in with my husband, um, with his wife, who was my grandmother-in-law. And after he passed away, she had nurses come and visit her. And two different nurses reported that they had seen him, Jimmy, after who my kid is named. They'd seen Jimmy walking around in the garden or out in the yard, which I sort of took as a grain of salt. I'm not a skeptic. I'm a total believer. But I hadn't had any direct experience uh, with him in particular until one night over the summer, I was walking the dog. It was pretty late. Uh, it was d dark in the summertime, so it was probably like 10 o'clock at night. I was walking my dog down past one of our barns that had housed his workshop, and I was inexplicably overwhelmed by the smell of peppermint. And my question is, how common is it, or have you heard of this before, where a spirit would come through? I mean, I've, I knew it was him, um, that they would come through in that sort of sensory way, like through the, a smell of food or something that would be associated to the, with them? Well, they often do um, use food or some type of a, a scent to identify themselves when they're around us because they're very rarely seen when we're awake. Sometimes in dreams, spirits of loved ones will come to us, and in the dream we may remember they're dead or we may not. We may think of them as alive but we're more relaxed and we're having a conversation. And it usually is when we wake up that we realize we just has a, had a visit from a loved one. But in our busy awake state, we normally don't see the signs. You know, they might try to do something very subtle to let us know they're around. Um, 
So sometimes they have to be a little more extreme and, and throw it in our face, like a favorite food or a favorite scent, you know, pipe tobacco, cigar smoke. You know, when, when no one else around is, is smoking a cigar, suddenly a room fills with cigar smoke. And it's a particular smell that we would remember as belonging to a certain person who has passed. So they will do that. The, you know, the peppermint flavor, the peppermint smell, um, people will report that they, they do smell familiar scents of, of people who have passed. And it's, I think it's like a calling card. They're letting you know they're, they're around. And so my initial reaction was when this happened was, and I guess it's still my reaction, is I was totally terrified and I didn't want to be scared. Like, I knew who it was, and I really didn't want to be scared. And it was so primal. I was like, I have to get back in the house like, right now. And I'm wondering. A, a fear of peppermint. I, I know. It sounds so dumb when I say it now. But I'm wondering, like, how did you, if you, are you scared, you know, when someone appears to you? Or have you overcome that? Were you never scared? Or how did you overcome it? What's your, what's your history there? Well, I, I, I've had this ability um, my entire life, and, and as far back as I can remember, when I was about five or six years old, I would lay in bed at night, and uh, my old brother, who was 13 years older than me, worked nights for the phone company, so I had the bedroom all to myself. Um, and I would wake up, I'd hear people breathing, and I'd hear people in the hallway speaking to each other, and it wasn't my parents, they were asleep. Um, and I would sort of prop myself up in bed and listen, and then it would fade away. And, and, and I'd try to fall asleep, and I would see these colors and uh, swirls of different colors in, in my you know, mind as I had my eyes closed, and I'd open my eyes to sort of clear it, and then it would go away. And then I would hear almost echoes of voices, like they were talking down like a corridor. And uh, they weren't talking to me, but I was hearing them. So I, I think I could tap in on this other dimension from a very young age. I just never knew what it was. And, and I can tell you quite a few times I was really terrified that uh, I didn't know what was in my room or who was around. Um, and as I got older, I, I got a little more comfortable with it. And I also had my curiosity peaked. I mean, I, I love the idea of ghosts and I love the idea of old houses that might be haunted when I was a kid. But did I want to live in one? No. <laughs> I would like to see it from afar. Um, so I, I grew up with this ability and these sensations, um, and eventually I, I got to understand what they meant, and it, it took a long time. But does it scare me now? No. I mean, I do it on a uh, I channel for clients five nights a week, um, sometimes six, and so I'm always sort of interacting with these energies. Wow. Well, you can come and visit my house anytime you want. I live in... <laughs> A house that was built about 300 years ago and has been continuously lived in since before the American Revolution. Wow. wow I'm, I'm not alone there well, for sure. <laughs> well, well, you know, that there, there, are, there are two different versions of sort of what a soul can go through in the afterlife that I see the transitions. That, you know, when, when the body's gone, who we are, you know, our personality, our, our consciousness, um, all our likes and dislikes, moves on. It's a, we, we are a field of energy that has all of the components that we had as a person except the physical body. And we usually make the transition, we cross over to the other side, and then from what I understand in my channelings, we can come back, we can, we can sort of be around our loved ones, let them know we're there with, with signs and, and scents and uh, familiar things. 
but some of us have a material or an emotional tether that keeps us attached to the earth plane, so we don't quite make it out the door and up the hallway. We're, we're, <laughs> we're still one foot here, one foot on the other side, and it's this sort of an earthbound soul that we call a ghost that might just give you more of a run um, if you live in an old historic house and there has been a ghost there a long time. You might get more sense, more physical movement, sounds, and, um, and, and so I have to determine usually when I'm in a house like you know, a 300-year-old or 200-year-old historical house, is this a spirit of a loved one coming back to visit, or is this an earthbound ghost, a spirit who has not crossed over? Because ghosts can be stronger um, in their interactions with, with the living. It's, it's fascinating. I, I have a kid now, and I'm curious about when he starts to talk, if he'll be the one to say, oh, yeah, there's a man here with a blue jacket on. <laughs> that, that's going to make my, both my husband and I fall over on the ground if that happens, because it'll, it'll be the um, objective observer. <laughs> well, well, children, in, in my experience uh, interviewing families who have had ghosts in their homes, um, children up to about the age of five or six, can typically see spirits, especially loved ones, like grandparents coming back and watching over them. Um, and sometimes they can also see a ghost that's in a house, and they may say it's like an imaginary playmate, when in fact it's, it's the soul of someone who uh, is still around, a surviving personality that just happens to be able to communicate with the child. Um, sometimes they even will mention a name or they'll point or they'll see a picture and say, oh, that's my friend, and it's somebody who's passed that's been either associated as a family member or associated with the property. So young, young kids have abilities that they eventually use, uh, and then they lose. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I, I mean, Thank you. <laughs> I'll call you back in five years and let you know how it went. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, listen, I have a million questions for you, but I want to pass the time yep. over to the listeners in listener land. Okay. Um, but we need to take a quick station break. Can you stick around for the second half of the show? Sure will. Okay, awesome. You are listening to Got the Feeling by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more from Sharp and Hot. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast Regional Forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Starting your bones. Yeah, yeah. 
Welcome back. This is Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson. I answer your call-in questions. If you have them out in listener land, my number is 862-242-8599. You can tweet me at Chef Emily P or find me on Facebook forward slash Sharp and Hot. With me this week is psychic medium and ghost investigator Craig McManus. Our two questions that I have this week um, both relate to the spirit world, Craig. So I'm going to play the first one, and then I'm going to let you answer it, because this is uh, not in my wheelhouse. Okay, great. Hey, Chef Emily. This is Mark from Portland. I heard that leaving salt around your house could help keep away spirits. Is that true? Thanks. Okay, so salt. I heard that, too. Salt in the doorways, salt around the windows. True? Well, I've heard of people using, you know, putting salt in the corners to sort of do a protective um, sort of energy uh, to keep the bad energies out. Um, you know, it's the same kind of theory of, of working with different crystals. Um, I happen to have a piece of rose quartz I use, um, amethyst I use sort of as sort of protecting energies. Um, we don't know why something seemed to work. Maybe it works with our own energy. Um, I don't put salt in my corners of my house. Um, my dog would eat it and get high <laughs> blood pressure. But uh, I, uh, some people I have heard of doing that, sort of protective. Um, whether that works or not, I don't know. Um, but for some reason, it has sort of become a ritual with some, some folks. And what um, about burning kinda, sage? Does that one work? Yeah, smudging is, uh, you know, when you burn sage, it's called smudging. And um, I have heard people do that to get rid of ghosts in their house uh, or to calm the energy down. Um, I try to always sort of envision my home sort of, you know, I close my eyes and do the white light of protection, you know, bring all the white light down around the house. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's, it's another version of, of cleansing um, to keep the energy good. And unfortunately, the living give off a lot more negative energy sometimes than the dead do, and uh, <laughs> it's hard to smudge that out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing to always try to put out positive energy yourself. Um, and hopefully it's contagious and will and affect those around you and keep the energy in your house clean. I like that proactive step. <laughs> Do you get followed home? Um, it, ha- it happened a few times. Um, you know, when I, I'm channeling for, for clients now um, more than I'm doing ghost investigations, but I was visiting a, a funeral home. Uh, it was a wake, uh, someone I knew, and I went downstairs. The restrooms were downstairs, and I went down i'm coming up and i sensed a very strong younger male presence and in my mind i kept hearing i have to get home i have to get home and i thought oh all right i'm going to leave that here it's someone that uh, might have followed their body back to the funeral home i went up we left um my partner and i were driving in the car and and i felt a presence i didn't see one but i felt such a strong presence in the back seat of the car i said we have to stop somewhere. And I always say, you know, if anyone has followed us home or any spirits, please leave now to make sure that they don't follow me back home. And we stopped, I guess, to get ice cream somewhere or something. It was near the railroad tracks. And while I was standing there, I I went back to the car, and the energy wasn't there, but I felt his presence on the train tracks that were heading down to um, the caucus, the transfer to New York City. And I just got this flash from him of 9-11 and the World Trade Centers. And, and shortly before this had happened, I found out that one of the gentlemen that, was, that died in the, the Twin Towers had his wake or the service at this funeral home. And for some reason, I guess he felt 
he had to get back to ground zero because maybe he thought his family was looking for him there rather than at his house. Um, it was very strong, but yes, so it has happened occasionally, but luckily I, I sort of take a precaution and, and, and say, you know, no one follow me. Wow, that my hair just stood up. That's so creepy. Oh, uh, it was it was intense. I have to say, he was he was determined to get back home, and I kept saying, you know, you should go to the light, go to the light. But but that's why some souls don't cross over. They have this emotional attachment that they have to get back to their family, and they have to let their family know that they're okay or they're around. And then I think they eventually cross over. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, here's one um, from another caller, Matt. Let's see if I can make my phone work here. Uh, okay. Give me one second. Hey, Craig. This is Matt from Brooklyn. Uh, I have a question. I'm wondering if there's a way I can attract a particular spirit to someone who's passed over um, with, like, their favorite beer or meal or something like that. Uh, would be great. I mean, thank you. So the opposite question, can you draw someone in as opposed to making someone go away? <laughs> well, it, it's actually a very good question. Um, in a lot of my channelings that I do, now these are usually groups of six to ten people in someone's home, a lot of the spirits will come through and say, where's the food, where's dessert, and then I will actually see the spirits showing me a certain type of food, like crumb cake or, um, you know, sponge cake or or lasagna or something very specific. And when I name the person that I'm seeing and describe them and then the food, someone in the group ultimately says, oh, my gosh, that was my aunt's signature dish was crumb cake. And the aunt will then say, well, why don't you make it? Why isn't anyone making it? And no one has been baking after the aunt had passed away. And I've been told by spirit in many of these channelings that they can taste through us, that when we taste, they are, as I mentioned, fields of energy. And when we taste something, our taste buds, are the smell up through our olfactory bulb, it's all electrical signals sending this information to our brain. And somehow these fields of energy that spirits are can sort of tap into that. And they can smell through us. They can taste through us. They actually can according to the people coming through in sessions, taste favorite foods through us. And, and, and quite a few times I've had people say, hey, have some, you know, have some uh, sarsaparilla soda. I love it. Or <laughs> why don't you, you know, why don't you have some, you know, eggplant parmesan? And, and somebody will say, oh, my gosh, that was my dad's favorite dish. And I see so he's asking for it, and they can taste it. So they don't walk over and eat off your plate, but they pick up through our sensations. Um, uh, all the taste, the smells, and the texture, as we're enjoying it, they're enjoying it. The problem comes if you have a favorite, you know, loved one, friend, family member who comes through and wants you to eat or taste something that you absolutely despise. Right. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and you have to hold your nose. So, yeah, you know, it, I, can you attract them with that? You could certainly say to them, um, hey, I, I miss you. Can you come around? Let me know you're here. Give me some kind of a sign. And at the same time, you could put out a favorite food. I think that would be a nice gesture. Um, it, it's not like putting bird seed in your backyard, you know, with, with, <laughs> with the people that have passed. Spirits don't need, uh, you know, some kind of feed out to come, but they certainly do love a good party, and they love it when we enjoy something that they used to enjoy. That's very exciting. I was going to ask you if 
it meant if passing over it meant that you had to give up all of the wonderful food and wine and cocktails oh, that you got no. to enjoy here. Okay, good, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I've I've actually I, I've seen images coming through quite often. There's a a bar will come through. People are sitting around it. People are walking in. Um, Manhattan seemed to be the drink of choice on the other side. It's it's the spirit for spirits, I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess it's that generation. A lot of those people have passed, so they're coming through. But and when I ask the people who are living members who recognize these people, they all say, "Yeah, that was their favorite drink." Um, so are they actually drinking in heaven? I'm not sure, but maybe when we die, our our energy becomes physical form in some other place on some other dimension um you know we just don't understand how it works it's fascinating craig this has been absolutely fascinating i'm so so thankful that you uh took the time to talk to us today and now i'm going to ask you a question that's about Mm -hmm. more about food um every week i pose a question to listener land asking people sort of i give them a prompt and then they call in or facebook me their answer and the question last Mm -hmm. week was do you find super sexy uh, food photography in magazines or in cookbooks inspiring or intimidating? Hmm, super sexy food spreads. I'd have to say that they would inspire me. They would inspire me. And especially with all the dead people hanging around me, um, who knows how many different flavors and tastes are going to come through when I, do, when I open a spread in a magazine and, you know, <laughs> Who's looking over your Thanksgiving shoulder? dinner. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. I have, um, I have another answer here from Terry on Long Island. Terry on Long Island, let's see. She typed her answer. She says, I... Well, that was kind of... Let's see. I'm playing with my new... I have new sound effects on my iPad. I'm playing with them. That one didn't go so well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. She says, I love the photos. I once made a dish that was on the cover of a cooking magazine, and it looked just like the picture when I served it. That is always um, reassuring. There's a great uh, website called... It's a collection of Pinterest fails where people have tried to make something like a rainbow bunt cake, and they put pictures up of it failing miserably. Um, but Isaac from Burlington says also photos are encouraging, but that's because I'm not easily intimidated. It's intimidated. Excuse me. Well, that's brave. Okay. Well, this week, listeners, this week's um, culinary question is a culinary confessional. I want to know what your deep, dark food secret is. You already know that I love American cheese. That's my deep, dark secret. And that I don't always do the dishes on the same day that I dirty them. I've also confessed that to you. So I want to know yours. Have at it. Send me your questions also at 862-242-8599. You can tweet me at Chef Emily P or find me on Facebook forward slash Sharp and Hot. Craig, how do people find out more about you? Well, they can go to my website, craigmcmanus.com. And I also have a Facebook page, Craig McManus. And they can also tweet me at, on Twitter at, at Craig McMedium, MC. M-E-D-I-U-M. And you go to people's houses and you can channel for them? I do. I, I, um, I'm working right now. Um, I'm booked far in advance. We're, we're, we're booking for February of 2015 right now. I'm wow. Yeah, it's all word of mouth. Um, and, um, but you can email in um, through my website. There's a contact form. Um, and sometimes things open up, and sometimes if I have a cancellation at the last minute, and the next person that emails, I say, well, this is meant to be, so I'm going to give them the, uh, the date. So you never know when one of your dead relatives is going to open up a date for you. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but, but I am doing channeling private groups, uh, private sessions and groups, 
Um, I, I do ghost investigations still. Um, I'll be at the Hermitage in Hohokus tonight, which is a house that dates back to 1764, once owned by Aaron Burr. And George Washington has visited there and uh, got a lot of history. So we're going to see if we can find some ghosts up there tonight. Very exciting. Excellent. Thank you, Craig, so much. I really appreciate it. On okay, next Chef week, Emily, it's been great. Have a great afternoon. Have fun tonight. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. On next week's show, Argentinian vineyard owner John Steinberg of Hand of God Wines is going to discuss the fantasy versus the reality and giving up your job to become a vineyard owner, to run away and own your own little chateau. Um, and you remember Davy Rothbart back from episode four. His new movie, Medora, is premiering on November 8th in New York City and some other cities around the U.S., and it will be available on iTunes on November 12th. MedoraFilm.com for more information. Thanks to Craig. Thanks to the pop-ups. You are listening to me, Chef Emily Peterson. Sharp and Hot is the show we air on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Until next week, thank you, everybody. Keep playing with fire and knives. Have a great one. Sharp and Hot with Chef Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.